Welcome to Mumbition, the podcast for business-owning women by Mums & Co, where we share inspiring stories of Australian mums in business. I'm Kerry Kwan, the co-founder of Mums & Co, and I will be joined each week by our community manager, Lucy Kippist. Together, we'll discuss how our guests harmonise their ambition, livelihood, and well-being. Let's get into the inspiring stories now. In the spirit of reconciliation, Mums & Co acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to Elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. A recent survey of our Mums & Co community told us that over 55% feel like marketing is the area that they find themselves most out of their depth. Today's guest is Terry Martin, the General Manager of The Marketing Room, a business to provide strategic marketing solutions to small businesses on a consultative basis and says it's the strategic changes, not just the tactical ones, that really bring success to your small business. Welcome to the Mumbition Podcast, Terry. Thank you. Hi, Carrie. It's lovely to be here. Great to have you. And now we love hearing women share their stories, pitching with confidence and with clarity. So can you please share yours? Yeah. So I'm Terry Martin. I'm the general manager of The Marketing Room, which is a marketing consultancy that places senior marketing managers into businesses on a part-time basis. So we give businesses access to more senior thinking, but at an affordable cost. Oh, so many words jump out at me um, for small business, you know, that sort of part-time, you know, access high level of, you know, expertise when you need it on a a short-term basis because, you know, we don't have big teams. We don't have lots of, you know, we can't hire a marketing director or a a finance director sometimes. So it's great to have that, you know, that you can dip in and dip out of when you need to. Uh, look, marketing is always one of those things too, where everyone says, "Oh, I can, I can do it myself," and then, and some people can absolutely, and then others just get you know, drowned in it, and and they will be the first to say, "Oh, actually, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing, and I can't do a very good job of it." And yet, everyone recognises they need it, but they kind of aren't really sure whether to invest in it. And 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 the other thing we see is, you know, they'll hire a junior marketing person, very junior, because they can afford that salary. And that person, you know, just does stuff. You know, it's very active, but perhaps not strategic and not aligned to the business goals. And then it's marketing becomes a cost, not an investment. And then that's when it gets the bad rap and the bad name. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of filling a gap there to really give people access to that the right marketing for their business goals, um, but doing it at a cost that they can afford. And does that happen? You know, I see that with marketing is such a broad spread at the moment. You've got, you know, very specialist areas and then you need strategy for others from, you know, that, that whole PR, SEO, social media. It's such a big spread. So it's, it's amazing to have perhaps things that are a bit more on a repeat base or, or administrative basis and then have that strategic thinking when you need it as well. So just to mash, mash it all together. Yeah, look, I work in marketing and have done my whole career and even I find it incredibly complex. You know, you've got people who can work in brand right through to people who are very amazing at, uh, you know, social media. 
you've got to have someone who's able to look at the whole breadth and go, what's actually right for this business? Not what am I good at and what do I like playing in? It's actually what's going to deliver the results. And that's why the kinds of people we hire um, are, are very, they've got general experience across it all. And what they're looking for is the right, you know, the right marketing tactics to leverage and, and I guess solve the business problems rather than, you know, maybe that thing that they're really deep in. So it's really, really important that they have the experience. So the, so the marketing managers we hire have at least eight years' experience. So they've been around, they understand, they've tried and tested, and that they can actually come in and really unpack a business and, and, and give them the right marketing that will suit them. Thank you for sharing all of that. I guess being a great marketer also means being really good at building connection with people. So whether it's, you know, online and social media, you know, in all those in all those ways, in real life, online, all those ways. But what does a great business connection mean to you in the context of, of this business? But also what's your favorite way to network in the digital space? So a really great business connection for me is someone who is willing to open doors and make connections and introduce you to people but is not looking for anything back. It's very unique and I do have a lot of people like that in my life and so because I have those people, I then like to pay that forward. So I have a lot of people who come to me, a lot of you know colleagues I've worked with, you know more junior staff members and they come to me for career advice or they just want to you know check something in with me. I'm always got my doors always open, my phone's always there. I'm always willing to do that because it's been done for me. So I think it's that thing of recognizing that sometimes just by being open and providing those, you know, that network or connections to people, that it will come back to you in spades if if we kind of pay it forward like that. The interesting thing is, you know, how do you get more of those people? How do you meet more of those people? Again, the digital age I think has made it challenging, but in some ways too, you know, if I want to connect with someone over Zoom, it feels like it's less of a hassle to do it. I can just jump on and jump off. You know, I don't have to get in my, you know, put my jacket on, go down, go to coffee, meet them. It's all face to face. That can be confronting. What if after five minutes you think, gosh, this is a waste of time? You know, with Zoom, I feel like it's taken a bit of that away, that risk. And so I've actually noticed that people are more willing to kind of meet and talk uh, for those kind of new business meetings because it is Zoom. So it's actually kind of worked in some ways. I love that. And I love how you've articulated there. It's a generosity of spirit. And I also feel that way about networking, that you have to really approach it the way that you want to receive it back. And if you're you're there with an outcome, anyone can smell that a mile away. But obviously, we're also in business to do business. So I think it's it's a delicate dance, isn't it, between what you're willing to put out and having, having those boundaries. And I also love the point you made there about Zoom. I am someone also who I relish that ability to be able to, to meet, you know, on a weekly basis, meet with our members in all across the country just by jumping on our link and, and having that accessibility. And I think particularly for our demographic of mums running businesses, and we hear this a lot with our, our monthly member meetups and our practice your pitch sessions where they can just jump in for that 45 minutes in the day and do more networking than they're possibly able to do in six months because because of that immediacy and the accessibility of online. It's got its pros and cons, but I, th- I think you're right with us, th- this group of mums, we've got so much other things to do. Me not having to get in a car and drive somewhere to a meeting just is huge. I can do another two meetings in that time. We love the convenience, but I'm thinking 
Do you find there are elements, you know, they're saying that with Zoom you have to concentrate a lot harder when you're trying to pick up on visual cues and getting that sort of, uh, you know, cues that you probably would pick up a lot easier when in person. Are there any sort of things that you found have worked whilst you're actually online and trying to network? That's a very good question. I think it, you, you I think you feel like you have to work a little harder on the the softer questions. How are you? You know, even what we did when we first started chatting, you know, it's getting some common ground. It, it takes a little it's a little harder. But funnily enough, being in home, you can often pick something up and say, oh, I see where, where you are. It's very bright. You know, like you can kind of, you can find those connections. I do find it exhausting. It can be, you know, it's because you're kind of on. But then networking's like that as well, right? You're, you know, I don't, I don't think they're any different in that way. I, I just think you've got to kind of bend and mould to, you know, the, the, the format in which it is, really. Yeah, it's just a fascinating area at the moment. I think digital networking has really taken that next step, you know, that leap forward. And, you know, we really encourage a well-hosted session as well, especially if it's not just one-to-one. It's, you know, you know, Lisa does an incredible job when she's facilitating our meetups and really making sure that she, she, you know, can give everyone equal time to contribute and there's sort of dynamic elements within those actions. You know, just encouraging people to also to use, I find that the message chatbot is really underrated. Yeah, you're right. Like, especially if you can direct message someone that you might have wanted to be in touch with but you couldn't mm. chance before, just just ping them. Just ping them to say, I noticed that you're on the same, you know, webinar or whatever it might be, the meetup and and connect there. I think I think we just need to be a little bit more bold in how we find those moments to to connect in a safe space but also in, in a digital space. Do you want to know something else and don't tell anyone? But when I've been on, on something where we've kind of networked before or I've been with a group of people and I've seen their names, I've quickly looked on LinkedIn <laughs> and been able to get a little bit of background on who they are and what they've had. Like, oh, okay. So then you know that you've got a connection and you can kind of talk to them around that kind of thing. And, well, I know that's a bit sneaky, but it, it, it's, it is something that you can't do in person, right? You're meeting someone for the first time. Oh, you didn't realise they actually worked somewhere that you used to do business with or they worked with, you know, they connected with someone you're connected with. So that, that was, that's also something that you can do while you're, you know, looking straight to camera and your fingers are, you know, moving over here into LinkedIn. I love that too because I was thinking that as you and Carrie were speaking that the legwork is kind of more important in the digital networking space. If you, I mean, because you can be prepared in a way, as you're saying, like on the spot or even before if you can see who's attending and just make sure you've got a few key questions up your sleeve about them. Yeah. I wanted to take you back a little bit to when you started your business. As you mentioned before, you've been in the marketing space your whole career, but you did have a business when you first started as a solo mum. Yeah. So I've been a solo mum for uh, about 12 years. Yeah. So that's, that's an experience that around 7% of our community um, share. It seems to be something that is an impetus, you know, when you're going through a life transformation to begin something for yourself as well in the workspace. I just wondered, given that experience for you, if you had a tip for any woman who was going through that you know, the separation and and wanting to take a leap into their own business? Is there something that you can share? Look, you know, my separation obviously was a long time ago. I think if you're going to look at taking on a business on your own at the same time roundabout that you're going through a separation, I would say really have a good chat with yourself about can you manage it? Um, You know, separation, as you could well imagine, even if it's amicable, is incredibly stressful. 
And a lot, even a lot of that is just the idea of what your life was going to be is changed. And it's actually the distress of dealing with that, let alone dealing with child custody, financial, you know, settlements and, and perhaps not getting along with your ex. So I think you've got to be really prepared because I think they're both incredibly stressful things, right? If you were to, if there were lists of stressful things you can go through in your life, a breakup, moving house, probably starting a new business, all of those things are up there. So be really, really careful that you can do it. It might not be that right time. You might need to just get a job and do that while you're managing the kids, et cetera. But if you do want to do it and you're one of those people that maybe you financially need to do it or that, that, that you know, you're really driven to do it, then my biggest thing is just have a network. Oh my goodness. Like, you know, have those, those mums that can, or dads that can help pick up the kids. Can you get a cleaner once a month? Can you, you know, do something to help yourself? And again, a lot of those things come with, um, come with cost. I understand that, but I think something, something will give and what will end up happening is you'll end up thinking you're not great at anything because the house isn't clean and the business doesn't seem to be doing, and the kids aren't getting my attention. And I'm, I'm actually also trying to deal with an ex or whatever that is. It's just, just be kind to yourself and, and look at ways that you can actually ensure that you've got the support network around you in case things don't always go to plan and you need someone to pick up the pieces or to help you at that time. Yeah, I, I love all of that advice and, and particularly how you've articulated there the, the balancing of all of those challenges, which as, you know, um, even mums with partners obviously face the juggle with childcare and, and the work side of things, but when you're bringing in that other element of stress and being on your own, super interesting. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I've always kind of looked at marketing as like a suite of of different ways to either attract customers or to retain customers. And there's just so much available. The small business owner who, like we said, may not have extensive marketing budgets and extensive time, out of all the suite of tools available to you, where should they focus their energy and their resources? So I would go one step ahead of back from that and go, who is their audience? Like who are their ideal clients or customers? They can work that out and often they'll say, oh, everyone. But it's like, no, no, if you actually had to tell me who your ideal customer is, tell me about them. Oh, okay, she, you know, it's a man, he's this age, he's got kids, he's got a dog, whatever that is. Then what's your message? You know, what, what is it that you're selling? How are you unique or what problem are you solving? And then just work out where those people are. So are they on um, Instagram? Who knows? Are they going to gyms? Are they at CEO conferences? You know, whatever that is, it's about, that's what, that's what determines what tactics you use. So I'll never just go to tactics because it's always dependent on your audience and where they are and how you actually get your message in front of them. So that's the key thing that a lot of businesses kind of miss out on. They kind of don't think about who their ideal client is and, or customer and then how we're actually going to get to them because that will determine everything because you might go, oh, it's absolutely TikTok because I've determined that the age demographic is this and, you know, then I need to put all my energy in TikTok. And even if that's hard, I'm still going to do it because that's where they are. You might find another business is like, actually, Instagram isn't where it's at. We've really got to find people who are in their professional setting, you know, in the city perhaps or on their way to work. Maybe it's bus advertising. I'm, you know, I'm making that up. But it's that that's the key element that I think a lot of businesses miss. They go, well, everyone's doing social media. I guess I need to be on social media. I don't know which platform we need to be on all of them. And so I'm going to put the same message on every platform because I'm time poor. Well, actually, no, that's just 
again, you're, t- you're using your time and you're not using it, you know, correctly. Those platforms have different types of people on them, using them for different in different ways. You might be, you might only need one. You might need all of them, but you might need to change your message. And then you need someone to do that all the time and actually spend time doing that right. So, yeah, it's um, marketing is really, it's like both, it, it, the, the weird thing about marketing is this, it's become so complex at the exact same time that it's so easy to do. So if you're a small business, I can start all my social media pages. I can get a WordPress site if I need to, go daddy, sure, done it. Um, I can do a survey. I can do an EDM. But the complexity comes from actually making sure you're doing the right thing and then analyzing it and then and then getting the right message out there as well. So it's this kind of weird thing where everyone thinks they can do it and then you've got a whole heap of people who do it really, really well and very, you know, very kind of scientific so it's in a strange place so I know why people get confused about it especially in small businesses yeah and the technology moves so fast and you know you you know I think you just have to kind of keep reiterating and testing and learning as well not knowing it may take a little bit of sort of experimenting to see yeah or or cut even that one channel correctly yeah and Carrie you raised a really good point are we getting new clients or have we got clients and it's really important that we keep them that's another really key area to identify because as we all know sorry I say clients could be customers as we all know it actually takes less money to keep them you know and to and to keep if they're already invested in your brand and in your company then to keep them is actually going to be much easier than trying to convince someone brand new to come on in so you know it's also identifying which area is the focus and again where do we communicate with those people and in what what things do we do to ensure they either come to us or stay with us great okay so now another important area that we like to focus um and have you know discussions and conversations around here at mums and co is is on risk so what are some of the processes that you have used as a business owner to protect yourself and your business there's two things that come to mind. So the first thing is contracts. So I'm in a business that's B2B. So we deal with organizations. And I think what's really, really important is that you have a contract that is not only watertight, but it's actually simple. So what a lot of lawyers love to do is create complex contracts. And then the business owner themselves struggles to understand it. And then when they hand it over to another business, all their lawyers get involved. They got lots of comments and you're unable to determine what is, you know, what, 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 what can I allow? What can I not? Then you have to go back to your lawyer and it's very costly. So my suggestion is have a contract that's actually simple to understand. It's not too complex. It'll mean it'll go through quicker. You don't have to incur further uh, legal costs, but you are covered. So it's very, very important to ensure that your business is covered and that you understand how it's covered. The second thing that I'm really big, I go on and on about is payment terms. So again, in a B2B business, the challenge we have is that even though we have payment terms, we hand them over to an organisation and they will often come back and say, no, these are our payment terms. Now, my advice around that is stand your ground. You know, they want to do business with you. Nine times out of 10, they will actually meet you, if not at your payment terms, perhaps somewhere in the middle, because they don't want a business to go under. You know, a big business doesn't want to put a small business under. Um, And I just think it's really, really important. Like the worst ones I've seen are some organisations will pay 90 days after the last day of the month in which you send the invoice. So as a small business, you can actually understand that that can that, that's a huge problem for cash flow. So I just think, you know, be strong, push your payment terms. Not all will be able to come to the party and then you'll just have to manage your cash flow around that. But but don't be afraid to to say this is what it means to do business with us and this is these are the terms that you need to come to. 
great advice and anyone in the you know in the corporate space they should you know that's how you support small business just pay them on time pay them regularly pay them early don't get (laughs) me started Carrie don't get me started (laughs) it seems really simple there should I think there should just be a blanket that every every single business should have a 30-day payment to end a story and then we'd all be able to pay our bills on time and everyone would get the money but it doesn't seem to be like that I also wanted to pick up on the point there that you raised about the legal contracts. Something that we do here at Mums & Co is we have a a terrific expert program. So we can have a one-to-one session with many of our experts. And we have two people currently who offer that service on the legal side of things. And I think it's just important to, to pick that up there so that our community knows that that's something that's available and these women are exactly, as you say, Terry, focused on that, that small business understanding of making things as simple and straightforward as possible from both ends. That's awesome. Definitely take that up. Definitely, definitely take that up. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> um, and speaking about protecting things, what do you do for yourself and your own well-being? Is there something that's like a daily or a weekly ritual that helps support you with your work as a, as, as a business owner but also as a mum? I run. I don't want to, but it's good for me. So there's that challenge. And sometimes my, you know, my body tells me, no, no more running. Um, but, yeah, it, it's really good for my mind and, and kind of gets, you know, the overthinking and all that kind of stuff that can happen when you're trying to juggle a lot of things. I also take a break when I need it. So, if you know, I know I'll always get the work done. Um, I'm in that position. So if I need to work late or do it on the weekend, I can. If that means I can go to lunch with a friend. Or, you know, um, quickly pop out to get something from the shops. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I will just do that because I just know that that's, you know, I'll manage my workload around that because I'm, you know, I've been around enough to, to do that. I think also that outsourcing thing, I have a cleaner once a month because I just don't want to do that. So <laughs> that helps. Uh, and I think it's also boundaries in place as well. I don't really want to work on a Sunday, definitely not, or a week. I don't really want to work on a weekend. I will do if I ha- can, if I need to, but you know, I pop those boundaries in place to say, no, I'm not actually going to do that. That's, 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 that's my special time. That's my time with my kids. It's time for myself as well. Oh, I've got another one. Very, very, very good one that my husband taught me. And that is don't bring all the stress of work home. Don't talk about it incessantly. Now I've throughout my career, I've had many periods where I've done that. I've come home to my partner and I've talked and talked and talked or to friends and you're ruminating and you're, you know, and yes, I know the thing is stressful, but you're also adding to it. He's taught me that wonderful thing. It's always going to be there. It'll be there tomorrow. Don't bring it into the house. Don't bring more stress and just try and disconnect. And it's been a a real life changer. It's not easy, but if you can do it, it just stops that bleed of work into life, life into work, you know, where you're never getting a break. If you can actually kind of disconnect a bit, if you can do that, it's, it's amazing. That's super interesting. And I wonder if just being conscious of that, like just having had someone say that to you and being conscious of that, that kind of helps to sort of to stop yourself. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Because also he, he will get to a point, he just won't want to talk anymore about it. So we can talk a little bit about work, but then he'll go, okay, that's enough. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> Let's talk about something else. Talk about the kids, the weather, you know, whatever that might be. That's awesome. It also sounds like he's a terrific support to you. We like to refer to our co, it's in our name, Mums and Co, so that the men and the women, the partners, the children, the the clients, all the people around us that are helping support what we do for work and in our families. Is there anyone else that's really central to keeping all all of your balls in the air? 
Oh, goodness. He, my husband's definitely at top of the list. I mean, we've got a complex life. He lives in Brisbane. I live in Sydney. He's got kids there. I've got kids here. So we're kind of solo parents, but together. That's a challenge in itself. But he's amazing, like 100% my number one biggest fan and has been amazing at actually making me realise my value and my smarts and and I'm just just starting to recognize it myself so that's good my children are just incredible just I feel very blessed to be their mom as much as you know they're teenagers and there are definitely ups and downs that you go on that ride with them I'm just very privileged to have them both you know along this ride with me I have the owners of the business are over in Perth and they're Tani and John and they're just the most incredible support so I I've started the business over on the east coast but they're just incredible, so much trust um, in me and uh, I couldn't have done it without that kind of backbone. And I guess it's just all the other mentors and friends and family that I have that just believe in me and are there for me if I need them in the ups and the downs and, you know, providing support in all the different ways they do. What an incredible co. Now, finally at Mums & Co, we talk about harmony as this triangle of ambition, livelihood and well-being. Can you describe the shape of a good life for you? Yeah, look, I really love my role now. I love it. And what I've recognised, and I've had, like most people, I've had roles that I've really, really disliked. If I'm happy at work, everyone is happy. Now, I just, it because you're spending so much time in it, when it's you're not enjoying it or you don't get along with your boss or you're finding it too stressful, that bleeds into your personal life. So my biggest you know, thing is make sure you're happy or to the happiest you can be at work because it's also it's lonely at the top and, you know, you often don't have people to turn to and go to advice. Everyone's looking at you. So you've just got to make sure that you do look after yourselves when you can. So, you know, see your friends, go on holidays, eat the chips and the ice cream, or maybe that's just what I want to <laughs> want to do you know laugh with your kids be be silly you know just take put the laptop down it'll all be there in you know another hour or tomorrow you know just make sure you look after you I I hate that stigma that women are so bad or mums are so bad at looking after themselves but the reality is is when we don't everyone feels it we all pretend they don't but they do and so if we don't look after ourselves it's really has a huge ripple effect so I think it's just you do whatever you need to to make sure you're okay and everyone else will then be okay as well. Beautiful advice. Thank you so much, Terry, for joining us on Mumbition today. And thank you for your company. You can connect with Terry or the Marketing Room via our Mums & Co membership platform or LinkedIn. And if you haven't already, please come and join the thousands of Australian business-owning mums just like you at mumsandco.com.au. What do you like most about the work you do? So there's two problems that this business solves that I love. So one is we actually get to help people um, in their businesses to use marketing to actually help them, right? We can drive leads, drive awareness, drive revenue. I mean, I find that amazing. How incredible that you can go to a business and you can actually come away after six months and say, we've actually helped your business and you've helped someone. They may be able to hire someone new or invest back in the business or whatever that is. So I love that. And the other part that I didn't really mention before is we actually hire mainly just due to the nature of our work, um, mums. So what we've got is marketing people who actually want to balance their lives and we really generally be able to uh, enable them to do that. And I love that too because I've got some people who perhaps were going to go back to work after maternity leave and their business said, oh, you can only come back full time. 
And so they've had to leave businesses and jobs they absolutely love because there's just no flexibility. We've got others who have gone, you know, my, my kids are older and I just genuinely need to spend more time with them. Um, we've got people who've got a side hustle and they are so grateful to be able to do what they love in their work but also actually manage their lives better. So I love that I solve those two problems. I, that's why I get up every day. I just love it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mumbition by Mums & Co. Head over to the show notes for a full transcript of the interview and any links we have referred to. Mums & Co. is Australia's most caring business network for women. Join us today for just $30 at mumsandco.com.au. This podcast was produced and edited by Morgan Sebastian Brown of Brown Tree Productions and hosted by Kerry Kwan, co-founder of Mums & Co., and community manager, Lucy Kippist. We love hearing your feedback. So if you haven't already, please share, rate and review this podcast and we can reach more business owning mothers just like you.